Blog Talk Radio. the Frontier Beyond Fear live broadcast and podcast. I'm Susan Larison-Dance, and today is Saturday, November 5th, 2022. Today, I want to start this program out with a bit of a story that transpired in my life, a real story. Um, having to do with fall approaching in the past couple of days. I have a plant outside that I have found very, very interesting, and I don't even know the name of what kind of a plant this is because I was gifted this plant, and it's been in a pot since Mother's Day, and it's been sitting out on my balcony. And as summer continued, I started to notice how this plant was responding to the sun. In fact, it was moving daily. It had what I would call these little tendrils that would literally follow the sun. And they would follow the sun any one of these tendrils that could reach the sun until the very last ray, it would point itself up into the sunshine. And I've been so inspired by this plant. It's not really a particularly beautiful plant, especially at this time of year. It had some pink flowers on it for a while, and they were nice, but it was kind of they were kind of odd. They would tend to wilt, even though I watered really well. Um, they just I've never seen this particular plant before. And as winter has been approaching and the temperatures dropping, I had been debating whether to bring this plant in. It may have actually started as a kind of a house plant after all. It was gifted to me on Mother's Day, and the way it came to me was such that it looked as much like an indoor plant as an outdoor plant, but I put it outdoors because it, it looked like it would thrive outdoors, and it did thrive. I've watched as the temperatures have gotten closer to freezing. And I've debated, should I bring it in? In the past, I have brought a plant in, even just for the night when there was an unusual cold spell. 
that is usually a mistake. I have brought mosquitoes in, giant spiders, all kinds of things in with a plant that really belongs outside, even temporarily, and there you're really only delaying the inevitable. Well, with this plant, after some debate, yesterday, all of a sudden, I was looking at this thing and I just thought, okay, I'm bringing it in. And that's exactly what I did. And I looked once it was in and I thought, wow, it's not doing as well as I thought. The, it didn't really look like it was thriving as much as it did when it was outside in the sun. But even so, immediately, the moment I brought it in the house, a tendril seemed to find its way to one of the windows that was over. It was next to two windows. That happened rather randomly. It didn't actually move that fast. But I tell you, the way this plant moves around Halloween, I was even musing to myself, it was like something out of Little Shop of Horrors, although not a hostile plant like that. It was unusual how it was dynamically moving to seek the sun. So I had it inside. It was by my sliding glass door. I saw that it was really dry, and I thought, well, that's how it's been doing okay in, you know, at least I don't know if it really got below freezing enough by where it was, but it wasn't frozen. And so I went and got it some water and I watered it. And then I saw them. These little flies, little nymphs. I don't know what they were. They had like, they were bigger than white flies because, you see, this is also the risk when you bring something in. And before I brought it in, I thought, well, it's gotten cold enough. And I kind of shook it out and I examined it. But there they were. They were up right on the window. In fact, they were seeking the sun, these little flies. And they had just erupted out of this plant. And I only saw a few of them, but I knew right then, out, 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 this has to go out. I had to let the plant go. It couldn't be inside. As much as I may have wanted to save it, not only could it not be inside, it was already surrendering to the season. The leaves were already starting to let go. And it needed to be outside, and I knew that immediately. And then I managed to get the flies outside, too. In fact, I didn't even kill them. I put them outside. One might have gotten smashed by accident because I figured that's where they started, and I literally got every one. I've still been looking. Even before this show, I was looking to see if there were any more of those little flies because the plants I do have in here are sentimental to me, some of them, and I don't want anything to happen to those plants. I certainly didn't want to bring in any contagion. I had to let this plant go. As much as I appreciate having watched it throughout the summer, its resilience, how it reaches towards the light, I had to let 
this plant go? And I think I actually had to go through the exercise, and now I'm going to tell you a second story, which you'll find interesting, which I'm realizing relates very much to the first spontaneously as I tell all this. I had to go through the exercise of keeping it. Actually, this is kind of in reverse to a second experience I've had. I had to go through the exercise before I could actually let it go. And though I glanced at it this morning and I put it somewhere where the pot wouldn't fall over in the wind and really getting ready for winter, and it seems to still be out there, it's not... It, it it's still doing okay overnight because anyone knows that if you water a plant, it gets cold, but it didn't get cold enough last night. That can freeze it instantly because the water is in its veins and it just expands and that's it. You'll go out the next morning and the plant is gone. And we all go through this. All of us who plant anything, anything outside, unless you live in a climate perhaps like Florida where And even then, if you have an unseasonable cold spell, something can happen. We've all gone through this with plants. I had another experience a couple of weeks. Things had seemed to change a bit on this network. And as many of you know, I often thank um, Blog Talk Radio for featuring my show on the front page when live. And there it is right now, again, live in the second slot on the front page. And thank you, Blog Talk Radio, because it was really rather disconcerting when that feature totally went away for all shows for a while. And apparently they were having maybe a technical problem, and it led me to go through a whole exercise of evaluating, you know, What is it I really want to do? At first, I talked about it on this show. I said, oh, you know, it's an ego exercise, right? But you know what? It's not just ego. It's about outreach. It's about getting a message out that's intended to inspire. It's about being in service to source, to God, the universe, to doing what you're guided to do. And it led me on a journey to think about, okay, And I even had, you know, well, honestly, I had chosen to stay, but I wasn't sure how I was going to stay here. I actually reached that conclusion this morning completely. And the funny thing is, is that as soon as I made that decision, which I'm just realizing right now, I went over to the page after I defined this show. I just went to the front page, and lo and behold, there they were again, the live shows being featured. I've been on Blog Talk Radio a very long time, as I talked about on my 12th anniversary episode. This show has evolved over the years. I actually had to think about the archive. There are over 480 episodes in the archive, many of them with interviews, though I don't do interviews at this time. Doing interviews in a way that for me, gives them justice is to really read the books in entirety and to come up with, you know, really an in-depth understanding. And anyone who's listened to any of those shows, the authors loved those shows. Sometimes I would even ask authors questions. They forgot what were in their books. 
I was reading it such detail, but they were wonderful, real conversations. Now, there were some, especially in the later years of doing these, sometimes I would feel it was almost a little bit too infomercialish, which I didn't like. And because I wanted to be spontaneous and ask really honest questions. And I couldn't always feel like I could do that. But circumstances in my life changed. And they just weren't supportive of my putting all that time into volunteer work. I I was actually doing other volunteer work, too, at the time, which is interesting. It kind of shifted to some other volunteer work. Well, circumstances changed where I couldn't do as much um, volunteer work. And, you know, I, I had to release some things. Sometimes when we are called to change, the universe, God, source, spirit, however, my very broad audience tends to think about these things. I know some of you don't believe in any kind of of God and you know you can just think of this as fate or circumstance but sometimes things set up and we need to let go and we don't have a choice there's a channel that opens in front of us and that's the way we need to go and we may be reluctantly going down that channel in fact i realize and i actually would have reluctantly let go my opportunity to be with some of you who just clicked on the show on the on the homepage and it's something that came to be because of so many years of work here and actually it came to be some time ago but during you know just investing in something sometimes even what we invest in we have to let go before I came to Blog Talk Radio and why I started the show is I used to write on the Oprah Spiritual Forum. And back there, you weren't supposed to use a name. And so I was simply bridge builder there. But that writing was surfaced multiple times to the Oprah front page. And at one point, there was even a potential opportunity where it was being discussed that Um, Some of us, including me, would have gotten on Oprah. That was through something having to do with ABC Nightline at the time. And, yeah, this was amazing stuff. I could hardly believe it. Eventually, the Oprah forum went away. One day, it had changed. She did it in steps. It changed at first, and then it was gone. And not only was there no way to write there anymore, everything, pages upon pages, hundreds of pages, some of the most active writers, and I was among them, had written, were simply gone. Now, nothing is ever lost completely on the Internet unless all of technology crashes, which could happen at some point. Um, There is a record, I'm sure. They have it in their database somewhere. Should the technological society continue someday, maybe long after I'm on the planet, that writing will be surfaced in some way or it'll be there. But it's not here now. I saved a bit of it, just a glimpse, 
There was another forum before that I used to participate in. That's all gone. I saved, I don't know, maybe I didn't save much of that one. One post, I think. Sometimes things change in life. Sometimes, in fact, not just sometimes, continually, we will be led through a process either of holding on or letting go. Sometimes choose that we are able, things line up so that we can remain in a particular situation. So we don't have to cling by going through the episodes of letting go, by going through that um, exercise, I meant to say, of letting go. We discover when we choose and have the opportunity to keep something, it's true worth. That doesn't mean we'll be able to hold on to it forever. Nothing lasts forever on this earth. I do fully believe, and there are many labels for this, in different spiritual traditions, that there is a record in the universal archives of every moment of every life. I also believe that someday we'll be able to see what those moments were like for others and through the lens of absolute unconditional love and compassion. And we'll discover, wow, I mean, I don't know, we'll be in a different state then too. But I hope we're still able to say, wow, or else we really won't be um, experiencing things in a way that I think is ideal. When we discover what our friends or people that we knew or people that are complete strangers had to endure, what they went through, the choices they were faced with, the difficult challenges, the tests, what it was like in their lives. Autumn, which it is here, I know some of you listen in a different hemisphere and it is it is spring. You're looking forward to summer. And here, winter is approaching. There's a common, um, I can't remember who said it. You see it all over Facebook this time of year. And I've shared it every once in a while from year to year in the years that I've been there about how the trees are teaching us what it's like to let go. That's a paraphrase in autumn how the trees let go of these leaves, and yet they endure. But, you know, I had an experience, in fact, I've had this happen multiple times, but just this past year, um, a couple of trees that were precious to me in my childhood were rather capriciously cut down. There was no reason for this. They seemed to be doing okay on on even less water, um, but... Um, in fact, years ago, they used to there used to be water restrictions where they are, and the person who has this property just capriciously, I believe, without really knowing what they were doing, because these trees were very unusual for the area, cut them down and they're gone. 
And I was thinking about it as I was walking one day about how, you know, this year they won't have any fall leaves. These trees, they're gone. I've had other experiences in my life, one in particular where a home where I kept it just beautifully with so many trees. It was rather wild. It was, um, you know, I've had different homes in my life and some were more manicured, but my, um, you know, this particular home, I was at a phase in my life. And let's talk about that too, how we change where um, I liked things certainly in my backyard, although my front yard wasn't always perfectly manicured either, but especially in my backyard, I liked it wilder, and I had beautiful trees, and lo and behold, a new owner comes along, and just, it was horrible what happened, took a chainsaw to some of these while I was still there, and how heartbreaking that was. You know, to to beautiful roses, but it was winter. They didn't know what it looked like. Just like probably the people who cut down these other trees, they probably had no idea what they look like when they're thriving in the summer. And I don't know when they chose to do it or why. And often there are choices that are made much too quickly before you actually know that you need to make that choice. That's another lesson of choices and change. There are times when we know we need to make a choice. I'll give you the simplest example, which I just told you earlier in the show. When I saw those little bugs coming out of that plant, it had to go outside immediately, and there was no hesitation, none. In that instant, I knew it had to go. Sometimes choices are like that. Other times, we have the opportunity to reflect. And hasty choices, when there is no need for haste, are not always good ones, especially if we're really not sure. Give yourself the luxury to reflect on the choices you face that you have the time to consider. Sometimes you may even think you're running out of time and more time appears. The situation changes. Can we follow inner guidance and intuition? Absolutely we can. Are there ways that those of us who choose to connect to source can receive guidance. Absolutely. Sometimes, you know, it's really direct. It can be in timing. It can be in so many ways. It can be like in this show how a lot of times, I didn't do it today because actually this show came together really fast today, um, where I open a book to a page and it's absolutely the perfect passage. Even then, if the perfect passage opens up and you're still not sure, you are not to slavishly follow it either. It is something to consider as an affirmation. I have had situations where there was something like that which seemed to affirm a choice, and then it changed. 
something changed or I was really wasn't sure. And it was sort of like, really? I've known people who've made giant life decisions um, based on a single reading with someone and felt reluctant at the time. And I remember advising someone years ago, and, you know, maybe it turned out just fine, but please follow your own guidance too. Don't give away your power. If something feels right, and yeah, that affirms it too, um, that's one thing. But if something feels totally wrong for you, you have to listen to your heart. Don't let anybody take your heart's choices away. I think probably what I've noticed most about choice is when we have the time to reflect, it's best to take the time. Don't feel arbitrarily pressured. Now, even when we feel like, oh, maybe I made a mistake there or I was acting way too quickly there, Once something is complete, trust the path of your life. That's the other thing about choice, about change. And I think that something that is even more important in many ways is allow yourself to change. Allow others to change. We live in a very... Um, intolerant world in that respect in some circles where a person who believed one thing, you know, 25 years ago or something, or even a year ago, because people change. You get more information. Something helps you to better understand. You mature. You're supposed to grow and change. You, we are supposed to allow for the growth and the change of those around us. Sometimes someone changes in a way that, you know, um, we can think of this, this happens often in relationships that don't work out. Someone changes in a way that they just weren't like that before. Something happened that's different. And that changes a lot of things in the relationship. That doesn't mean you have to hold on to something that isn't serving the best purposes of those involved. But if you listen to your heart, which is important, you will find a way to make your way down the path of life. Even when you feel you've made a mistake, You can trust that future choices will come your way. And the path that you are living, even when we are tested, and we often are, because we're here to grow, trust. Trust has a lot to do with changes and choices. How do we place our trust? Where do we place our trust? The simplest form of trust is simply, I trust, you know, this is the path that I'm supposed to be on because I'm on it. That's a really simple thing to trust in. That doesn't mean you're going to stay in the same direction, but if you're right in a moment in a place where you are, that's where you are. Trust. This is your soul talking. 
What are you learning? What will you learn? What might you learn? What have you learned? Those of you who have been listening to the live show, the live portion of this broadcast will go down shortly. I've been um, kind of playing around with the FrontierBeyondFear.com site, FrontierBeyondFear.com. It's vastly simplified at the moment because, in fact, it actually reflects I really wasn't sure what the future would be exactly until a partial clarity came this morning and now fuller clarity now. The path that I'm on is a good one here. I'm glad that you are here with me. I appreciate the affirmation of Blog Talk Radio, which wasn't intentional, but, well, in a higher way. But there was an affirmation there confirming that, hey, this is a good path. There is a reason for this path. But don't forget all the other things that you reflected upon that might expand the outreach in some ways, whether that be more writing, whether that might be some video work. There are other things that I've been thinking about as well. So those of you who've been here live, thank you for being here. Um, FrontierBeyondFear.com will be evolving even more in the week to come. I kind of trimmed it down just like in fall, and I'm going to build it up again a little bit. And that's a good place to find the archive for these shows. You can also choose to follow the show on Blog Talk Radio, but you can find it several other places, or at least a few, um, where, where you find other podcasts. For those of you staying, the show will continue for a little while. In the second part of this show today, when I say staying, those of you listening across time, that is, because now we're no longer live, I am going to read a passage that I was looking for and it found itself for me. So that's about the, the best um, way this book opened today see if I can find it again. It just seemed very appropriate. And the interesting thing is I kind of got tricked into finding it because I was reading the passage before the part that I wanted to read. This is from Henry David Thoreau's Walden. And you'll recognize the passage that comes after the passage I'm about to read, which will continue into the one that many of you will recognize. Henry David Thoreau lived from 1817 to 1862, and he wrote Walden in 1846. We must learn to reawaken and keep ourselves awake, not by mechanical aids, but by an infinite expectation of the dawn which does not forsake us in our soundest sleep. I know of no more encouraging fact than the unquestionable ability of man to elevate his life by a conscious endeavor. It is something to be able to paint a particular picture or to carve a statue and so to make a few objects beautiful. 
but it is far more glorious to carve and paint the very atmosphere and medium through which we look, which morally we can do. To affect the quality of the day, that is the highest of arts. Every man is tasked to make his life, even in its details, worthy of the contemplation of his most elevated and critical hour if we refused or rather used up such paltry information as we get, the oracles would distinctly inform us how this might be done. I turn to this passage, by the way, um, looking for the one that comes after that I'm about to read, that it continues right into, but wow, think about how that even applies to how I reflected on you know, this program for me is my conscious creation. It's a work of art that has been continuing for many years. And others of you have your conscious creations. Maybe there are more to come. There are for me too. But think about this. Think about what you're guided to do. Here you will, many of you will recognize the next, next part. I went to the woods because I wished to live deliberately, to front only the essential facts of life, and see if I could not learn what it had to teach, and not, when I came to die, discovered that I had not lived. I did not wish to live what was not life. Living is so dear nor did I wish to practice resignation unless it was quite necessary. I wanted to live deep and suck out all the marrow of life, to live so sturdily and Spartan-like as to rout out all that was not life, to cut a broad swath and shave close, to drive life into a corner, and reduce it to its lowest terms. And if it proved to be mean, why then to get the whole and genuine meanness of it and publish its meanness to the world? Or if it were sublime, to know it by experience and be able to give a true account of it in my next excursion? For most men, it appears to me are in a strange uncertainty about it, whether it is of the devil or of God, and have somewhat hastily concluded that it is the chief end of man here to glorify God and enjoy him forever. I'm looking at this footnote here. It's talking about... Huh. Apparently, this was in a catechism that he read often. Now, I will. Let's see. I won't continue. This is far enough in that passage. I actually believe that when we are in the essence of our work, that maybe um, Henry David Thoreau didn't fully comprehend the omnipresence. I mean, I can't say, I can't get inside his head. 
He's talking about something that's just read in a rather shallow, repetitive way, perhaps. But um, when it really sinks in, when we believe that, yes, there is a God, there is source, and it's omnipresence, we are guided to be of service. It glorifies all of creation to be in the space of our hearts. In fact, everything we do is something that we are learning through. I believe that we are here on earth to learn about love. We learn through many trials at times. Other times it is miraculous. In fact, it's always miraculous, but we can also be tested. We have to trust in our paths. And so, though I may be somewhat hastily, as he puts it, misunderstanding this part of the passage, which kind of took me by surprise as I was reading, he puts it in quotes, by the way, like it's just out of some empty passage. Since we are inseparable from the divine, everything we do matters, everything our choices, what we face, our mistakes. They all matter. We're here on this earth with blinders on to this omnipresence and what it really means. When we have a higher experience, as many people do, or even in dreams, we can feel it. We can also conceive of it without feeling it. But sometimes we can really feel this oneness with the divine. Each of us is here on an individual soul journey, and yet we're also inseparable from omnipresence. We're inseparable from one another, but we're also distinct. If we were all having the same journey, it'd be awfully boring. There'd be no point to come here. Why would there be an earth? Why even bother? Why so many planets? Have you ever pondered to think just how vast this universe is? This new telescope, which, by the way, I need to say a couple things about. There was an article about the new telescope that people don't realize the images that they're conveying are not actually what the telescope is showing in visual form. That is a rendering approximating the detail in an artistic way what the James Webb Telescope is returning. I may have to do a different show on that because we have to think about our relationship with truth, although there's a huge lesson there in the sense that everything we see on Earth can feel that way. And they showed the actual image, and it looked like a bunch of blobs. I mean, it was very unimpressive, not exactly something you want to present at a press conference. And I was disappointed by this, I have to say. As beautiful as the artistic renderings are, and if you look at those images, you can tell there's artwork involved. And it's like, aha, that's really interesting. It doesn't look real. Well, unfortunately, it isn't exactly real. It's a rendering, mapping something in a way to present it to us. And a lot of imagery that's presented from telescopes can can be this way. And I'm actually going to study this a little bit more. 
these more modern telescopes anyway, it's like, what's going on with this? Because don't you really want to see what we're seeing? And I don't feel comfortable with this decision. It feels like kind of, in fact, in the article, I can't tell you where this came from, but it was a legitimate source. Um, it, it sounds sort of like a marketing decision. And it just leaves you empty because it's really kind of disappointing because we were thinking we were really looking at those things in exactly that way. That's the presentation that is given to the public. I mean, I think those of us who've known something about astrophysics, I'm no expert on modern telescopes, have some inkling that things can be um, presented with certain colors and stuff. But boy, they really hit it out of the park with the artistic renderings. That's all I can say. So... What does that mean, really? And maybe we do need to think about truth a little bit. In fact, this is a good time to be thinking about truth as well. How do you make a choice if you aren't presented with the truth? That makes it difficult, isn't it? I know that in the United States right now, many of you have probably already voted. Some will vote. And all I can encourage is to seek the truth best that you can so that you can make a choice that's based in it. Sometimes it's ambiguous and sometimes it isn't. But there are those, actually pretty much everyone in politics, somehow tries to massage the truth in one way or another. Some may be more truthful. It would be nice if we were all that way. It would be nice if just the Honest, unadulterated truth was out there. In fact, Henry David Thoreau, I think in other writings, talks a bit about that. He doesn't like that. I think it's even in Walden as well. Um, many writers have talked of this. This has happened in so many times. Follow what you follow what feels right, but also based the best that you can find it in truth, and it's not always presented in the way that you might expect. I think I'll wrap up for today. I was going to read perhaps another poem, but I don't think it's quite as relevant as Henry David Thoreau was for today. I hope that you will continue to trust and appreciate your own journey. Pay attention to the choices you feel rushed into, perhaps. There may be a good reason to feel rushed. If you're voting, I hope you are. If you're in the United States, I encourage everyone to vote. You only have so much time to finish. I'm actually running a little bit late myself, but I'll be getting it in. And... Not too late, though, but we only have so much time. Use that time wisely, deeply, considering. Really think about these things. Don't just brush the surface. Look for truth. Look for that in life as well. Thank you, everyone, for being here. Those of you across time, I feel you as presently here with me as if you were live. 
those of you who were listening live and decided to come in and listen to the rest of the podcast. I appreciate you as well. I appreciate, this is a month for gratitude, isn't it, in November? I appreciate Blog Talk Radio. I'm thankful it's restored. Actually, it looks like it's really working well right now. So, I mean, it's just great. Whatever, maybe they were having a little upgrade. I mean, they had just kind of changed what was on the front page for a while, and I talked about it here. And yes, I'm thankful that my program was up there today and those who managed to discover it in that way as well because that's I'm here sharing what is in my heart most of it spontaneously except for when I do a little planning and look up a passage but I don't write it down I'm not reading anything this is from my heart except what I read from other authors so take care everyone I should be here next Saturday regular time Live at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. I think the following Saturday, I may do the show either later or we may skip a week. We'll see. Um, But I know I'll definitely be available here on the 12th. And we'll just take it week by week. And I'm glad that you are here. Have a good week, everyone. Thank you.